0: In a world called Craig's List. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> it's Craig's List, a very special Carla's List <laughs> Christmas, uh, part two we did a Carla's List last Christmas oh, yeah. when we covered White Christmas and Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Two films which <laughs> I was previously unaware. And we're doing another twofer of Christmas movies this year. Uh, Carla, take it away.
1: We are going to cover two of my favorite films. Not just Christmas films, but films in general. Home Alone and Film Home Alone 2. seems
0: like an overstatement. Two.
1: Excuse me? <laughs> well,
0: Are these films were or they movies? Not, were
1: they not made with a camera <laughs> and shot on film? Okay. <laughs> if that's true, then I believe we can call them films. Mm. Uh, starring Macaulay Culkin.
0: The Mighty Mac.
1: Joe Pesci, who's been on other Craigslist movies.
0: Raging Bull and Goodfellas, to be specific. We just covered Goodfellas, so Pesci is fresh in our mind.
1: Oh, yep, he's right there yelling at us. Uh, Daniel Stern.
0: Who we previously saw in a Craigslist movie? Diner. Diner.
1: Mm hmm, mm hmm. Um, Katherine O'Hara. The best. I don't think she's been in any other movies. No. Covered. And.
0: (laughs) Well, Beetlejuice, which was also a a Carlos. Also a Carlos list, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and other people (laughs) that I don't know the names of. Sure. (laughs) Donald Trump.
0: Oh. Why? Why? Of all people you could go to. Because it was his hotel. Rob Schneider before Donald Trump.
1: Right. <laughs> Tim Curry. The best. Oh, and of course, uh, John Candy.
0: The true best.
1: The true best. The real Of all best. time. Uh, okay, so how do we do this? I forget. Well, maybe <laughs> let's bring
0: our guest in. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> we have a very special guest this afternoon. You don't know what time of day it is, but it's the afternoon here. Um, We
0: hope you're listening first thing Christmas morning. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's a uh, family Christmas tradition in your house of listening to the new Craigslist on Christmas Day (laughs) before you do anything else. I'd like to make it one.
1: Let's talk about more things before introducing him. Uh, he is known as a guy. <laughs> a friend.
0: Tell me you've done research on our guest. A
1: solid human being.
0: <laughs> Male.
1: Male. Yep. Wearing if, a suit today. If that narrows it down. Uh, also known as the judge on The Good Place. Did I say that right? Sean. Sean.
2: You should continue watching. <laughs>
1: uh, and um, others,
0: Kevin on Brooklyn Nine Nine, Sparks Nevada from the Thrilling Adventure. See, Hour See, but this podcast. is great because this
1: means I just like him as a person, <laughs> and I'm not like all up in his star star quality. Right,
0: you know him as a person.
1: Uh, yeah, and Sparks Nevada from Thrilling Adventure Hour. Did you just say that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I did. Now. We were about to record this podcast, and
1: wait, let's see his name first. <laughs> Mark Evan Jackson. Mark Evan Jackson.
3: Um,
2: is this real yet? Is this happening? <laughs> can I talk now?
3: Yeah, <laughs> you can talk now.
0: Um. We, we, were about were, to we were about to record this podcast, and Jackson showed up at our house to apologize for his treatment of the accidental tourist,
3: <laughs> uh, which we had
0: previously covered. False. On
2: this
1: he pod- has no reason to apologize for that.
2: Um,
0: but I think when we did have that conversation Do you
2: remember when our son got killed?
1: <laughs> oh, God.
2: Oh.
0: Kathleen Turner's Kathleen here. Turner.
1: Kathleen <laughs> Turner.
2: I think, of course I don't know. Our son was killed. <laughs>
0: in covering that episode i think we discovered that home alone and home alone 2 are among your favorite movies
2: well and i assume they're now among your favorite movies Mm -hmm. well we'll we'll get to that okay cool (laughs) um craig did you uh divulge in the introduction that you had never previously
0: seen christmas vacation not really certainly didn't grow up with it uh carla watches it every christmas <laughs> okay multiple times mm-hmm. and i think i'd seen bits and pieces of it but when we covered it for the podcast last year i'd never sat down and watched you the movie in its entirety
2: never front to back kind
0: of thing never front to back and uh
2: on a scale of 9 to 10 uh how much did you love it
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was some it was like a 9.3 okay Meaning a four. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning a 10. I see what yeah, you did. If the scale is from nine to ten, <laughs> I see what you've done. Uh, no, I liked it. I think I'd give it a B. Plus. Okay. Right? I don't remember. Does that sound right? White Christmas did not hold up as much as Carla had hoped for, though I it's still got some it, great though. parts in it. I think yeah. I gave that a B minus. I don't in, know if
2: I've ever seen it. Is that a black and white classic? Classic. It's it a living color, is, my friend. Is. Bing Crosby? Who is it? Bing
0: Crosby,
1: oh. Bing Crosby Rosemary Clooney, Danny oh. Kay. Danny Kay. Oh, okay.
0: And a lot of show tunes.
1: And another lady.
0: Yeah. Uh, but a lot of great numbers in it. But overall, it kind of drags as a movie in the hm. second part. Unlike Home Alone and Home, Home Alone,
2: Alone 2. 2.
1: Well. <laughs> what is it? It's Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. Lost in New York, right?
0: I mean, it could be, I think. I, I think, think it's, it's Home Alone, Alone 2. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Home Alone 2 Diminishing Returns.
2: Oh,
3: oh. How dare you. Uh, this is one of the
2: rare instances in which a sequel uh, is equal to or greater than the original. I agree. Uh, three. Guess bananas.
3: You've seen three. I've never. I've seen them
2: all. Um. In fact, our friend Aaron Ginsburg wrote five. Is that true? Yeah. There is a five. There's a five. Uh, it takes place in New England, and it's about an uh the theft of like art, like a painting or something in an old mansion. I'm pretty sure it's five. I can look. Um. Yeah.
0: Is there a child involved?
2: Yeah, there's a young. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's uh, Macaulay Culkin's grandchild. <laughs> no. uh, it's um, a, y- a brother and sister.
0: Like so a young staying kid. within the McAllister dynasty.
1: I don't know. We're clearly
0: one of the wealthiest families in America.
2: Oh, I mean, obviously.
1: <laughs> is it lost in a museum? Is that what it is? No, it's a it's
0: a
2: different it's a different animal altogether. I think that they. Um, so, like, it, I think it was Home Alone three that have followed a similar model but with a different kid and I think it might even be um uh it's a kid that we've known from stuff. Uh mm. oh it's Alex Lintz, Alex D. Lintz, who was a child actor that did stuff. Um but Home Alone Five the holiday heist I think is what it is. Wow. Uh and Ginsburg wrote it. Aaron Ginsburg and uh John Hughes and one Wade McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. Wow John Hughes
0: from the grave.
2: Original characters, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know what it would... I don't remember it. I did watch it because my friend wrote it. Um, and it's better than three or four. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, one and two. Craig, let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, one of my favorite anecdotes about Mark is when we were in Portland last year. I think it was last year. We saw you and you showed us your phone and what you had been listening to on uh-huh. the plane ride to portland uh-huh, and it was the Homeland soundtrack
2: i love it <laughs> shall i hum the entire thing right now
1: <laughs>
2: <sad> <Yeah.
0: laughs> and who's the composer was it somebody just starting out in the biz or
2: yes it was, uh, it was a is a brand newcomer big bright future uh one john williams
1: oh,
0: okay yeah you John, that. Johnny Williams, yeah,
1: Johnny Williams, Johnny Depp, also probably been on the list a few times.
0: When the first Home Alone started, and then the opening uh, title music came in, I was like, "What's going on with this magical Harry Potter music?" Mm. Oh.
3: Did oh, he write the music
0: for those? He did write the music for Harry he Potter. He wrote the music for Accidental
2: Tourist as well. That's right. Weird. Yeah. Which I recognized, like when I went to watch that, when I was
0: forced to uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <go laughs> endure that movie. Uh, however Picture longer. Clockwork Orange, Jackson was yeah. <laughs> tied to a chair. <laughs> His, His, His eyelids were propped open. Displayed. Um, yeah, the music is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal.
1: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the first time... Oh wait, we go to the guest first. When was the first time you saw this movie? These I, saw the,
2: I don't know if I saw the movie in the theater, but I may have. Uh, when did it come out? 1989?
1: 90 and N- 92. Okay. Yeah. I
0: believe. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Home Alone came out in 1990, but it feels very much like an 80s movie. Sure.
1: Well, yeah. it's practically the 80s.
0: Practically the
2: 80s. Um, I think I may have seen it in the theater, and it tickled me so deeply that... Uh, I think it was probably my junior year of college, which would have been 1991. It was on television or something, presumably. And my then-girlfriend Gina and I were watching it, and she was like, I've never seen you laugh this hard at anything, (laughs) and bought me a VHS uh, copy of it, which was $19 in 1991, which to us as college students was one million dollars right like I knew I was like mm, she loves me um, <laughs> and i had that uh i had that uh v h s copy f- until about two years ago when the our storage space had a fire uh, and everything got soaked and molded and uh oh, no. and smoke damaged and I finally uh pitched it but I kept it uh out of sentimental value uh more than anything because it uh, like i that was that's a movie that my uh that I would pop in, you know, not just at Christmas. I truly love it. I love Vince Guaraldi's Christmas album uh, all year long. Sure. And the Home Alone soundtrack uh, makes me happy all year long. Um I just, I've talked about this. I feel like I'm cheating on you. I've talked about a little <laughs> bit of Home Alone on a couple of other podcasts recently.
0: I heard you on We Got This, yeah. We Got
2: This and then also Felice Navipod, uh, it came up. And uh, my niece wrote to me, my niece Becca texted me the other day and was like, I had no idea that was your fa- those are your favorite movies. Those are my favorite movies. She and my nephew, uh, her cousin Trey watch it once a year too. Aww. And, uh, and they, I think they've watched it already this year together. Um, so it's not genetic. We're just good at stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, that was, I think my, I may have seen it in the theater early on, but certainly, you know, uh, cable or whenever it came out on television kind of thing and it struck me deeply (laughs) like i i relate to kevin McAllister because i think of my own birth order i am the youngest of three children but um there's a gap between my brother's nine years older than i am and my sister's 11 years older than i am and so i've said this a thousand times but i'm simultaneously the youngest of three and also an only child with four parents basically (laughs) wow because my older siblings would you know it was one of those relationships where they were like I would say or do something and they'd be like, you're letting him get away with that. (laughs) If that had been me, like I would have been slapped or whatever. Um, I mean, every way they're great and we love each other, but it's like, we grew up in different circumstances. And so, um, it, uh, I relate to being home alone because by the time I was like 11 or 12, um, if my parents, you know, wanted to go to the theater or go, you know, to a Bible study or whatever it was, they'd be like, you're fine. Right. And, um, Nine times out of ten, you're you are. But then I don't know a delivery comes or you know there's a knock on the door at seven thirty at night or whatever. Like, um, and definitely the uh, this is my house. I have to defend it uh, <laughs> comes to the fore. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: Craig, this is it. Don't get scared now. <laughs>
1: uh, this is what you, this Craig? is, right? I just quote the movie for yeah, yeah. two hours as much as you can. Any opening you hear. Um, when did you first see this movie, Craig?
2: Tuesday.
0: Well, <laughs> this morning, t- this was uh, yesterday when we finished the first home alone. That was the second time I had seen it ever, ever.
2: Craig, come on, man.
0: Uh movie came out in 1990. I think I, now you're only slightly younger than me. Am I? So, uh, I, we would have both been in college around the time this movie came out. Uh, I think I was besieged by ads for this movie mm. and was already kind of annoyed with it in theory before seeing it in practice. You, know? you were
3: jaded
2: already in 1990. I, was, I don't
0: know if I was jaded so much as... It, it looked like a kid's movie that I was too old for. Oh. And slapstick is also not my thing. Mm. Uh And it's interesting to hear... Your girlfriend at the time's reaction to you watching the movie because me watching Carla watch this movie (laughs) I think the two of you must be kindred spirits Mm -hmm. because I have never seen her we've watched hundreds of movies together including 82 movies on my top 100 hilarious
1: movies on your list yeah
0: I have never seen that kind of visceral reaction Mm -hmm. specifically to Daniel Stern being hit in the head with multiple bricks I've never into, seen. I've never wah, wah, seen Carlo more delighted oh, by anything yeah. than that. And but slapstick doesn't just doesn't strike my funny bone in the same you way.
2: You know, it's funny that you even frame it that way because I legitimately just reacted a moment ago, like slapstick. Um, it doesn't read that way. It doesn't read Three Stooges to me. Mm-hmm. And of course, it totally is. You're absolutely right. But I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe the the justice relationship like that that these are criminals trying to do harm and and pilfer uh some you know somebody's house that it's like oh you can do whatever you want now yeah. like they're in the wrong <laughs> yeah so, so game can on
1: really make them hurt
2: yeah but you're absolutely right i mean obviously it's um i mean i'm not i'm not uh diverting from my opinion that this is a, a coming of age movie um but uh but i think slapstick is probably pretty accurate but it's, it's
0: Looney Tunes. It's, uh,
2: it's. Sure. It's a live action cartoon. I did think of it, uh, last night when I was, when I was on my way home from seeing you, Carla, that, uh, that I was like, oh, it is kind of a live action cartoon. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, Carla and I were at a bar last night at the Westside, uh, comedy. Theater. Theater. <laughs> uh, uh, joint. And, uh, the bartender overheard us talking about uh, this and he said, you know, I watched uh, Home Alone and Die Hard back to back the other day. Those are the same movie.
0: (laughs) Interesting. That's pretty pretty accurate.
1: It is really accurate. Yeah. When he said that, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. A little bit, right?
0: (laughs) So I think the it would be interesting to go and watch like one of the TV ads at the time because, I mean, it must have just been the highlights of burglars getting, getting hit in the face with yeah. stuff and Macaulay Culkin doing the scream face. Sure. You know. Well, I mean, they're still going to market a movie like they market a movie, right? So I I think probably the ad didn't show kind of the full range of the movie. And there's also a more grounded – side, particularly the first one, there's a more grounded side to it, which I think is what Catherine O'Hara brings to it. And mm-hmm. so there's a little more, and then the, the old man Marley mm-hmm. stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so there is like an emotional underpinning to it. So it's almost like there's kind of like a treacly Christmas movie and then a more cartoonish, uh, you know, uh, looney tunes homage are you suggesting
2: it? that it's the perfect combination <laughs> and the
0: <laughs> world's greatest film
1: i'm <laughs> suggesting that there are see what you said
0: there are different tones in it but i definitely was not going to see this movie in the theater in uh 1990
1: i saw it in the theater not once not twice wait really but three times wow mm-hmm. really with my family and then a friend, I think. Yeah.
2: Cause you would have been little, right? Yeah. You so would have been 10 years old. Yep.
1: I, Wait, I really, think Nicole, I think, uh Ugh. I think Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin and I are the same age. Maybe.
0: I believe you were both born in 1980.
1: Okay. Well you would know. <laughs> I'm
0: pretty sure.
1: 1980. <laughs> uh and I, I've I, looked at at
0: least one of those birth certificates of the two of you.
1: I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I laughed so hard. I don't have a birth certificate, so I don't know what birth certificate you were looking at. Um, Macaulay Gogan. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, creepy. Um, and I just remember my dad laughing really mm, hard. Yeah. And it's like such a sweet memory that I have of my father not being able to breathe,
2: yeah. laughing <laughs> Uh, you got. We made it weird briefly. Uh, but yes,
1: <laughs> almost suffocating through laughter.
0: You're making it
3: worse.
1: Uh, crying and
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> falling but to s- the ground. But similarly, Christmas Vacation is a movie that you bond with your dad yeah. and family over. Totally right.
1: Those two movies were our Christmas movies for sure. Mm. And then when I don't remember seeing Home Alone two in the theater, but I'm sure I must have because mm. that would have made sense. I'm surprised to
2: to have you point out that it came out only two years later. Like, it was a really recent... I mean, which I guess would suggest that maybe they had the had a uh, couple, couple of picture deal or that um, one did so well that they were like, ooh, let's let's hear a little bit I more mean, it, before it, Kevin grows up, before Macaulay Culkin grows up.
1: Okay, so I have a friend who Lie. you all know. <laughs> uh, just one. Uh, who was in the movie, who played one of the... She's one of the cousins. The cousins, yeah. Senta. Senta Moses. Yep. And she was telling me, God, I hope I'm not going to misquote her, but that the first movie, they just, it was just a movie that they were doing. They didn't, they had no idea. Hmm. And then it was so, it like surprised everyone how popular it was that they immediately went into production after that.
0: I think the budget was maybe. Between 10 and 20 million, wow. and then it made something like 500 million wor- worldwide wow. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, it was a humongous hit, which is why I then watched it the next year on VHS, mm-hmm. because I couldn't imagine one of the biggest box office hits of all time of me not having seen it, you know, just being like a completist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that's, I, I watched it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I didn't fall in love with it. Um, I think I had respect for it. I think I liked the, the sentimental stuff better than the slapsticky stuff. But, but then that was it. 1991, watched on VHS, never seen it since until two days ago. Wow. I,
2: you know, I think the thing, another thing that I think, uh, gathers me in is that I grew up in, outside of Buffalo, New York. This was shot in Evanston and Wilmette, I think, um, uh, outside of Chicago. And the look of it is very similar. Not the, I didn't grow up in a big sweeping mansion, a you know, six bedroom mm-hmm. mansion, but um the streets looked that way, the the street lights and the trees and the snow and that sort of thing. And anything, <clears throat> pardon me, anything Christmas, you know, sucks you in in a way that is is um I'm sorry, sucks me in. I suppose there are people that aren't different than I am. Um but it sucks me in in a way that's really romantic and mm-hmm. you know, uh bounty, uh big tables full of Food and, you Mm -hmm. know, candy and presents and candles and all the mystery.
1: I There are two things that I noticed this time in the rewatch that I would have never noticed as a kid because I wouldn't have cared. But the set design is incredible. Mm -hmm. Specifically the colors, like the palette that they use in the house. Red and green. They're red and green. They're Christmas colors. But this is how this house is. All year round. Sure. And I thought that was so clever. It's very rich. Yeah. And it also feels very of the time to me. Mm-hmm. Like I remember everybody had like painted ivy, green ivy on the wall. Sure. Oh, I remember. And that. like that maroon color was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Burgundy. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Burgundy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was really interesting. And then I also picked up on the fact that this house is nicer than the other houses on the street. Mm. And, like, they call that out a little bit. Like, this is the one that they the really want to get. silver tuna, Marv. Yeah?
2: <laughs> silver tuna tonight. Yeah, which
1: I I thought was so interesting. Like, I wouldn't have thought about that when I was younger. But <laughs> that he is, you know, they are the wealthiest family on the street.
2: I suppose, yeah. I mean, the stairs that he comes up in the uh, the Murphy's house at the end through yeah. the water, like, that's not, it's not, the same. not the same sweeping mansion, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the design of it's gorgeous. Um I mean, I
0: think we agree it's the perfect movie. I think so. Settled. We'll see,
1: <laughs> we'll see if um Craig and I get divorced by the end of this episode. <laughs> well,
0: let me also throw out another theory for why maybe this doesn't resonate with me as much and why it might resonate with you, is that whole opening sequence in both movies of like this chaotic household of like mm-hmm. people w- wandering in and out of rooms and kids running up and down stairs and everything – that is just not my house. Sure. You know, my house was much quieter. I spent a lot of time alone my entire life. So like the idea of like finally getting space to myself, being away from my siblings and my parents, like is not something that resonates with me because mm-hmm. most of my childhood, I associate me, uh, like lying in my, uh, bedroom with the door closed at night and getting the little sliver of light from the hallway so I could read, uh, <laughs> with, the, with that light you were born uh, coming in, in, in. uh,
2: 1870. I was born in 1870. <laughs> Is that right? Okay.
0: And then, uh, eventually was transplanted to this wow. reality a couple of years ago. So you and would have
2: enjoyed the third floor. Like, <laughs> like having that to yourself yeah. would have seen, like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Nobody's bugging me.
0: But, but. You were one of only two siblings. Later, you had step siblings. Uh-huh. Uh Not when you were ten, when you first saw this movie, but you do come from a big family and with yeah. lots of cousins and aunts and uncles and people. There's like
1: uh, forty, close to fifty cousins. Holy <laughs> like cow! Eight, eight aunts and uncles. Yeah. So you can on associate
0: with like that big chaotic household, <laughs> yeah. and that's we definitely saw my my mom's family and my dad's family for holidays and stuff, but. Uh, it just it didn't capture the tone of my family, Hmm. but I imagine it's resonant for a lot of people. And also, you know, I I should say that I know that this, particularly for people of your generation, (laughs) you're a little more mystifying, Jackson, (laughs) considering (laughs) you're my age. But of like people who saw this movie when you were a kid, like this is one of the touchstones of your childhood, you know, and you watch it time and time again. I just don't have that history or nostalgia with this movie. I can appreciate the things that it does well. And I'm not here to shit on Home Alone. Seems like a I might shed on Home Alone too a little bit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh but I but I know that, you know, I have things that are on my list that are like my childhood mm-hmm. touchstones and this just I'm just not of the right generation for this, but I know that many of you are. Fine.
1: Oh, okay, are you done?
0: I'm done. <laughs> Asked and answered.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know. I I think it's just funny. Like, Can't something just be really fun? Sure. (laughs) Does there have to be a reason Like that I come from a big family or can it just be that it makes me giggle and it makes me cry?
2: Sure. It's very touching.
1: Catherine O'Hara really makes me cry in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think she's wonderful. And even in the second one, she makes me cry. (laughs) Even when she forgets her kid again. Uh, I think it's really touching and really sweet. And I love... Specifically in the first one, I was telling Mark this last night. We accidentally talked about a little bit of it. Ugh. Ugh. Um, I love that Kevin, like all of the, the stuff at the end with the wet bandits when he, all the slapstick stuff is really the icing on the cake. But it's like the journey of Kevin that's really, uh, interesting to me and how he on his own comes to miss his family. Like there's a, there's a version of this where the wet bandits stuff happens and then he realizes that he misses his family. But in this in this one that they did, it's like he he grows on his own, he learns how to take care of himself and then he starts to miss his family. And then he uh protects the house from the wet bandits, you know? So it's like such a great payoff to his coming of age story. I agree mm-hmm. that it is a coming of age story.
2: Yeah, it's about a it's about a younger than typical uh uh, protagonist finding independence mm-hmm. and, and confidence in himself. Um, I, I don't, I was kidding about that initially. And I, I really do think that it is sort of that thing. You find this kid who's the youngest who gets dumped on, who, you know, has no power and no respect in the family.
1: And is also a brat. <laughs> sure. Uh,
2: I can tell you, as Kevin McAllister, uh, <laughs> that some of that is, is born of, you know, uh it's a defense mechanism against getting forgotten right. and dumped done yeah, yeah. and and that sort of thing um but yeah, he you know buzz calls him Flemwad and <laughs> I wouldn't let you
1: trout sniffer
2: trout sniffer i wouldn't let you some i wouldn't let you s- sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass <laughs> right? yeah yeah um. Yeah, he's got a you know he's got a fight to be heard kind of. Yeah,
1: thing. but he's also kind of a mama's boy too. I think sure. is clear, which is he
0: tries to work it too. When yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, and she's like, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he the youngest? Uh uh-huh. huh. Yes, yeah. I can't quite tell just because there's cousins that are younger or, or whatever. Right. No,
1: Fuller, Full- who's a Culkin as well, mm-hmm. um, is probably younger, but is a cousin.
0: That's Kieran or Rory.
1: I think that's Kieran. Kieran, I think. I oh know. <clears throat>
2: He's got the eyebrows going on about the co- about the yeah. Pepsi.
1: It's just a really crazy premise that they managed to pull off in a really clever way. I think
2: it's built right. It's like smart. I, uh, in the, I watched some of it uh, the, a night or two ago, and um, like in the first few lines of the movie, uh, they they lay some groundwork. Uh, they mentioned micro machines and stuff. Yeah. You know, like there's they're a little exposition. Yeah, little expositional. <laughs> hints of foreshadow yeah. uh, about you know harbingers of uh, coming awesome um, <laughs> yeah it's built right
3: hmm I agree
0: yeah now definitely the opening scene of the cop already being in the house like struck me as far-fetched like how did how did this cop get in they're
2: going door to door a lot of people are you know it's, uh, timers on our lights but who let, but
1: he
0: just let himself in no, no he think, rang the doorbell
1: yeah one of the kids let him in
0: do we see that? I don't know. We don't see that. We see. Do you need to see him getting out of the
2: car?
1: <laughs> Craig. They must have shot a
0: scene of him knocking on the door and somebody no, letting I him think, in. But the uh, movie opens. Pesci is already in the house and people are running around. as a police This is what
1: we would call an improv as starting in the middle of the action as opposed to having to show us every little bit. <sighs> I before.
0: just don't buy that nobody is reacting to a cop being right there in their doorway.
1: I will disagree H- hard on this one.
0: If that's... The nature of this conversation,
1: yeah. If
2: that's where we're starting,
1: <laughs> then this is going to be long that's where they and started
2: awful. arduous. That's where they started. Um, um, and, no, I mean, I suppose you you could be right. Like it's, uh, I think it just plays into the <laughs> cacophony that's going on. Um, that you know, it's that whole game of um, are your parents here? Yes. Do they live here? No. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there there are fifteen people in the house. You
0: know, that's why I'm thinking there must have been a deleted. C- they must have shot that scene, but then decided it would be. More fun to open with like Pesci just reacting to the chaos of, of everybody, yeah, running by.
2: But they're, you know, they're trying to drink all the milk and get dinner on the table. Pizzas are coming, mm-hmm. uh, they're, you they're know, packing, they're packing. Uh, it's about
1: also the cousins just got there today, like, this is their first day in town, sure. But I, you know,
2: Uncle Frank's there, and that's you know, that's just <laughs> a wild card. Yep, I mean, he changes the dynamic,
0: but it does kind of set the tone of like, this is going to be very broad comedy, I guess.
1: It's also a kid's movie.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a kid's movie mm-hmm. and it's, it's very broad. So. Wow, you hate it. <laughs> wow. So it's tonally, it's not up my alley. Sure. Right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's safe to say.
1: I don't know why you have to say these things. But,
0: uh, okay, so, um,
2: <laughs> what about Goonies?
0: Terrible. <laughs>
2: Goonies is terrible. Really?
0: Yeah. Well, that's a movie that I definitely saw and like that's another movie that for a whole generation like if you were 6 or 7 when you saw like mm-hmm. that that was your movie.
1: Except Mark was probably
0: <laughs> 41. Uh uh I uh what about uh, No, I haven't seen Goonies in years. It's probably not terrible, but it it compared to you know, Raiders, E.T., Poltergeist, Back to the Future, the other movies that were kind of like in that family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gremlins. It was not as good as Gremlins. Oh, God. Wrong. <laughs> um, and But Goonies is very much a kid's movie, too. And I think at the time where it came out, I was probably 16 when it came out, and I okay. was too too old for it.
2: I loved it. Uh still love it. I will tell you this, that um, – for a while when my nieces and nephews, my, my wife's brother's kids were a little little littler, um, we would take home movies to watch, you know, at the holidays and certainly home alone. And, uh, one time my nephew Danny, uh, was pretty little, probably maybe seven, uh, maybe six. And we showed home alone. And, uh, when the wet bandits, you know, were in full effect, uh, uh, we would watch it. We had pulled out a hide-a-bed, and we're all, you know, mm-hmm. under blankets, and, whatever, and the lights were off. And he said, um, "Mark, I'm I'm not scared, but I am going to turn this light on for a minute." Um, he was pretty little, but I will tell you that Goonies. Uh, we took we a few years ago took them uh, took Goonies home to watch, and um, they say shit about fifty times in Goonies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the first time it happened, was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Second time was like. Oh my god! Like my mother-in-law's in in this room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And you know, afterwards, Beth and I uh, apologized to my brother-in-law, and he was like, "They know these words. They've heard all these words." Um. What about uh, Craig? I'm just I'm still trying to gauge what's wrong with you. Um. Uh. What? How do you feel about the Walter Matthau um Dennis the Menace? Never seen it. Oh, <laughs> you are gonna hate it because it's great.
0: Uh, is that Sandlot? also Macaulay Culkin? Sandlot's no, it's great. um
2: Sandlot's great. Never seen the Sandlot.
0: Oh, Craig, I think I've we're He's a,
2: in on what's wrong with you.
0: Once when I became an adult, I put away childish movies. Oh boy,
2: is that <laughs> biblical? Is that a quote from the Bible? <laughs> um, the uh, okay, there's I, a
0: there's a line in Noah Bombach's while we're young where Ben Stiller says, "When did the Goonies become a good movie?" Uh, which is. And Noah Bombog is probably exactly my age. So Mm -hmm. I think that is like indicative of somebody of a certain age who now like the generation younger than them has like grown up and has like deified things, you know. But I think each generation gets its own things. I guess. You know, Uh, probably people 10 years older than me think Willy Wonka sucks. I don't know. How do you feel about Willy Wonka? It's on my list. Oh, Okay we covered it
1: no
2: it deserves
0: it I mean that that deserves a place for sure
1: yeah I don't know I'm so bummed out by you
2: (laughs) she's looking at Craig it's just what do you mean I
1: just don't understand how you can be so cranky about so much joy It feels now, like the ultimate Scrooge thing.
0: You're
2: you know? soft on crime. I mean, that's the issue. <laughs> Craig is soft on crime. Uh, because, I'm simp-
0: because I'm sympathetic to the wet bandits, to both wet and I presume sticky bandits. Yep. <laughs> <Nope. laughs> I don't know that I'm sympathetic to them, but that they, I definitely said by the end of of two, like they should be dead.
1: They should. Oh, no. Yeah. Why sure are should. they not dead? But that's okay.
0: <laughs> um,
2: that would kill the plot. Right. Uh, but I just – I didn't know this about you, Craig, that you were a giant
0: fan of criminal recidivism. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> I would love to see a version where they actually – they get the, whatever real injuries you would really get. Oh, there's you know,
2: from- a there's a Killjoy article on the internet from 2016 uh-huh. that I see this time of year all mm-hmm. the time that they were like, um, they'd be dead. And it's like, you don't get it.
1: <laughs> it's like the most um, – yeah, you just – who cares? Like that's not what this is about at all. That's not what that movie's about. It's like the it's the
2: average paint can weighs
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I read that this morning Throne too. Thrown from a
2: distance of this, it would reach a peak speed and like yes. Shut up.
1: I saw a headline that said when I was looking through stuff this morning, um, uh, if uh something about the bricks would cause a brain injury. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Yeah, thrown from atop a five story brownstone. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Oh, best case scenario, brain injury. Worst case scenario, death. That was what the headline that, was. So, I saw that the other
0: day. <laughs> yeah. I might post oh, Roger cares. Ebert's review of Home Alone 2, which is which is very negative. Is it? Uh as well. Yeah. Look at what happened to him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want to be like him? Yeah. Um
2: watch your step, Craig. <laughs>
1: Uh, But here's the thing about that slapsticky stuff is that it's through the eyes of Kevin. So right. it's through the kid's eyes. And so that's why it works for me is because it's not like Catherine O'Hara is there doing this stuff like another adult. Right. Sure. It's like the kid's fantasy version of what could happen if he were to do this. And
2: they broke into his house. So game <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> he's standing his ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now he's got... Some prodigious engineering Mm -hmm. Mm know-how. As all kids do. Is that explained? Oh,
2: come (laughs) on, How developed all this knowledge. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, You are the most boring person
1: I've ever met right now. Tinker
2: toys and uh, erector (sighs) sets. Of course. That's how.
0: How much of this movie's appeal is due to Macaulay Culkin?
2: Oh, entirely. I think he's a really charming presence in both these movies. Um, He's got some range. I remember reading something uh, a long time ago. That he was young enough, at least in the first one, that like he wasn't, you know, uh, reading and memorizing his own scripts. That his, I think it was his father at the time, would like go over it with him and mm-hmm. they would memorize it, uh, just uh, verbally. And, um, and then he would, you know, perform it based on that. But I feel like he shows a lot of range in this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he is a little kid, he's a brat. Um, He's a manipulative little brat that tries to work his mom to say, like, I'm sorry. Um, and then you see him go through those, like, fairly nuanced, actorly things where he's like, I made my family disappear. Yeah. Like, I made my family disappear. <laughs> I made my family disappear. <laughs> like, cue the saxophone. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I
1: love the scene where he's in the convenience store mm-hmm. asking um, if this toothbrush... Has, approved by the American Dental Association. Yeah, uh, I have no idea. Oh, well, can you find out for me? Yeah, <laughs> I love because that's exactly what a little kid would do. They would when they're trying to be an adult. Sure, they would think this is what an adult would have to that say.
2: And a coupon when he's at the supermarket. Yes, jewel or whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. He got the milk, eggs, and the fabric softener. <laughs>
0: Yeah. This is also like three movies in a row that break the fourth wall because Goodfellas and Amelie both had similar things of, of people breaking the fourth wall and looking uh, to camera.
2: Oh, wait. Uh, where does that happen in this movie?
1: He uh, he kind of looks at the camera and does an eyebrow thing.
2: Oh, yeah. I suppose. That was an 80s trope, right? Or mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it happened as recently as uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> um, uh, also an 80s movie.
0: But uh, somehow he's... He's cute, but not cutesy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like.
3: You're coming
1: around. (laughs) 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 Only took 30 minutes.
0: Like he does have a lot of range in it. And and he's, he's tremendously cute. Like his line readings are, are really on point. But yeah, I mean you, like you've got to fall for this kid and you've got to think he's the the coolest kid ever. And, Mm -hmm. uh, Macaulay pulls it off.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I think he does a tremendous job. I really do. And I, you know, I I don't even know how old he was at the time, but little little. Right.
1: I think he was 10 wow. around the first nine or 10 around the first one and then 12 around the second okay. one. Um, but I read that he got incredibly famous after the first one and then on the sec on the set in the second one they had to constantly have security there cuz paparazzi. Really? Were bugging this 11 or 12-year-old the whole time. Yeah.
3: We're
0: broken as a nation, <laughs> as a
3: people. Yeah. yeah.
0: I did see between Richie Rich and Party Monster. He did nothing for 9 years. Yeah. Which is interesting, you know, cuz he he had a number of hits around this time. Uh but then he managed to like avoid us seeing him through like the most awkward <laughs> years mm-hmm. of your teens. Uh so he was kind of like uh on hiatus between like 14 and 23. When I was think. Party Monster? 2003.
2: Okay. So was it before or after that that I feel like he had some is- issues with substance, maybe, and and got a little messy.
0: Maybe
1: it, I think it was before that. Before yeah. Party Monster, mm-hmm. okay. Um,
2: it was an absolute joy to see him in the thing you sent me, the Google Home commercial yeah. uh, using clips from the movie where they insert an adult McCulkey Culkin to replay those scenes.
1: It made me happy that he has a sense of humor about it, like he has to to do that commercial, right? Mm-hmm. I would yeah. think so.
0: I thought it was a great ad, it and was. having just seen the the first movie of like it was it was very well done. Yeah, I think
2: I just heard in the car, uh, and i made me be very happy. The um uh, I guess it's White Christmas, but it's the one from the movie that begins
0: "ba doo ba doo." doo
2: yeah. do,
1: doo doo. Because <laughs> you were listening to the soundtrack from the mm-hmm, <laughs> movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's White Christmas by the Drifters. Is that what it is? It may be. Are you pretty yeah. sure? Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like the doo wop version. That's a great version. Oh man.
1: He was interviewed by Mark Marin earlier this year at oh, WTF wow. and I would recommend if anybody's a Macaulay Culkin fan to go listen to that. I am to hear Was Is he's that a podcast? The WTF. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh that I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> You
1: don't like podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Although you're the the top ten best on several lists it's this there. year.
2: Yeah. Uh Vulture just named the Good Place the Podcast the best behind the scenes podcast of twenty eighteen. Yeah.
1: And I think you're in this issue of Entertainment Weekly, right? <laughs> oh, am I the one that's sitting right in front of me I, that I
0: brought myself and <laughs> <laughs> opened to the page? <laughs> and it's already autographed for some reason. Wow. Uh, uh, I we,
1: Honestly, we didn't put it there on purpose. I just realized that's as we so were funny. sitting here.
0: But yeah, first of all, watch The Good Place if you're not already watching The Good Place and then listen to Mark's behind-the-scenes podcast because it's uh, terrific oh, and thank you. good insight not only to the show but the craft of acting and, and the craft of several different uh, jobs that people have. A lot of uh, departments, for, lot of departments uh, have been covered on that.
2: Yeah, it was um, uh, something that I wanted to do early on and and – um it was a great meeting of the minds. We uh when I first had meetings with the producers, our notes overlapped in a lot of ways. We were like, We want to talk to everybody. Um so it's it's a great kind of, you know, armchair boot camp in in television production. Like you get to hear from the director of photography and the the composer and uh the art department and the writers and uh writers assistant and the editors and the animal wranglers and uh-huh. it's fun.
1: That's it's really fun. Cool. I've learned
2: a lot. And uh, I am a giant fan of the show. I was a fan before I was ever a part of it. Um, yeah. Watch The Good Place. NBC's.
0: And then there's Thursday, a few Thursday more Thursday. left in <laughs> season three, right? There are three more left. It kind of ended on a cliffhanger right before the holidays. But then are those uh, right after January they'll They begin they'll soon, air? yeah. January okay. 10, maybe. Cool. Like that. Can't yep. wait to see how season three winds up. Yeah.
1: All right. Good talk, everyone.
0: Well... So I, I just want to go on record saying that Macaulay Culkin is first rate great in the, in these movies. And he was as big as any child star has ever gotten, maybe. And it's it's good to know that he's in a sane place now and has some perspective. He seems uh, to be doing well. Uh, Do you feel all.
1: like he got bigger than Shirley Temple?
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, probably... Per capita, in terms of how big movies were at the time, Shirley Temple was probably bigger. But I mean, he was as big. Yeah. You know, like he, he'd be, but having he'd not be. really, he'd be yeah.
3: having not really
0: like, seen like. what. Um, <laughs> when was Uncle
2: Buck before this? Must yeah, be before, before that.
0: I've never seen that
2: either.
3: Oh what? God! Craig, <laughs> this is why you
2: you don't have the canon. That's why you don't you don't have the the foundation to appreciate.
0: Uh, he's phenomenal in Uncle Buck. I've seen Jacob's Ladder, which was also this year, which he was also in. Uh, I don't know that movie. Jacob's Ladder is uh, Tim it. Robbins is a uh, Vietnam veteran suffering from PTSD and is having hallucinations. And Macaulay Culkin plays his son. Oh, in it sounds hilarious, Craig. <laughs> this was also the same year that Pesci did Goodfellas. So yeah, that's crazy. Those are the movies I was seeing. I was seeing the movie Jacob's Ladder, Macaulay and Culkin,
1: and Elijah Wood, the Good Son. Yes, is that what it's called?
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I did, uh, shot last year in LA an independent movie that Elijah Wood was, uh, producing hmm. and it was very low budget though. And we were shooting at an apartment building, uh, in like mid, mid city LA and I had to enter, uh, through, uh, I, I, played a, a guy living in an apartment, uh, an asshole with a golf bag who brushes, uh, past Those our, aren't. our heroin. And I had to come out of an actual <laughs> apartment that was just in the middle of this building that they had secured for the day. And I had to come out of an apartment that had the couple that lived there was, was there. And they had just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, like they had already signed off, but they were watching the good son. Oh, wow.
3: Weird. Which, uh,
0: not knowing that Elijah was one of the producers uh, on the movie, so I saw bits and pieces of that in between takes of coming out of That's awkwardly so coming out of this person. Did it make the list? Door. <laughs> um, based on that, no. But <laughs> but I, I'd never really seen these Macaulay Culkin movies that were that were popular at the time. So it was good to see that he totally deserves his his fame and renown. And he was uh, a first rate. Child actor. And
2: he was so good in Uncle Buck before this.
1: Like yeah, he, he was. I mean,
2: like he steals a lot of the movie. And
1: that was, who played his sister from Transparent, right?
2: Um, Yes, I don't know her name.
1: What's her name? She was in Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who we're talking about. You know.
2: Dark curly hair. Yeah,
1: it's on the tip of my tongue. Right on. Blah blah, 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 Nope,
3: don't know. <laughs> Not there.
2: <laughs> um, so it's a perfect movie. Home Alone. Home Alone 2.
1: All right.
0: Should we go through and do a little Carlos Quotes? Yeah. Okay.
2: She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's
3: Carla's Quotes.
0: So the, the Parents in Home Alone, the McAllisters, played by Catherine O'Hara and John Hurd. During the opening credits, Carla reading the credits. John, you heard it here, she said. Whoa. And, then, and then you added, He's dead. <laughs>
1: oh, no. Wow.
0: Were you drunk and or tired as we I was sur-
1: probably tired. <laughs>
0: That's awful. Those are when the best quotes come out. Now, you kept mentioning during the beginning of the movie, like how well constructed the the kind of plot tri- twist is. Yes, because as a far fetched premise, they really have to kind of shoehorn everything to in to, to make it believable mm-hmm. and i will say it's pretty well constructed
2: are you referring to uh the storm and the tree and the uh, power and the phone
0: power outage mm-hmm. uh other kid wandering in accidentally getting counted as mm-hmm. among the family
1: it's so smart You're referring his, to mitch murphy oh
0: <laughs> his passport and ticket get uh thrown in the trash with milk. right yeah with mm-hmm. milk so uh it's not as far-fetched as it might be. See, Craig?
1: It's, it's kind of brilliant, really, all the little details they thought of. And the phones go out, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, my bell won't be able to get these back up <laughs>
1: <laughs> Also setting up with the pizza guy. Like they set up his character and mm-hmm. how he's going to be coming back mm-hmm. and how he hits the statue and mm-hmm. it falls over. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: It's pretty brilliant
0: carla said my god i love all the coats in this
1: mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah those Just, big shoulder pads
0: uh you also said that suits back in style maybe referring to katherine oh yeah
1: probably <laughs> probably
0: now apparently in the novelization she works in fashion which is why they have mannequins in the house did you wonder why they had mannequins in the house no What's i the did
2: novelization <laughs> what <does that> mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. you don't own it <laughs> I this was at the time where any movie that came out with, you know, a reasonable budget behind it would also have a tie-in novel.
2: What? Really?
3: Yeah, <laughs> really.
0: Yeah, you didn't get like the Star Wars books or I'm anything. Not a big like. I mean,
1: they still do the Star Wars books, right?
2: yeah our right and yeah, our Yeah, right? right um, <laughs> I did not know that it doesn't bother me that there was a dress blank like a like a, a dress dummy is that what you're referring to yeah actual mannequin. oh there's a mannequin that he uses in that party scene with yeah George there's mul- multiple, in the multiple basement, mannequins
1: there are mannequins oh I
2: didn't even yeah
1: I had never noticed it before until Craig pointed it out and yeah. I will say that it's weird <laughs> <knowing> that. <But laughs> no it's, it's not a- she works with fashion <laughs> yeah now we know
0: <laughs> O'Hare airport still looks exactly the same the, the American wing so it must have been like state of the art in 1990. Well, it must have as been, must have been brand new. Yeah. yeah. It looks exactly, they've made no improvements Nothing to it wow. since then. That's funny. Carla had a Buzz's girlfriend pen mm. that she lost.
1: Mm-hmm. That <sighs> was
0: made by, what's the, uh,
1: Patty, Patty LaPelle
0: Patty Lapel does all these cool movie tie in. Like pens,
1: nostalgia, nostalgia movies.
0: Nostalgia things. movies. And you had Buzz's girlfriend. Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. Wolf. Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. Is
2: Buzz, that what it said? Buzz, your
1: girlfriend, woof. And and you, no, it said at the bottom of it, it was her picture, and then it said Buzz's girlfriend underneath it.
2: <laughs> now, what's she doing now? What's that actor?
1: I think that that's a man dressed like a woman.
0: Oh, really? It's a boy, yeah,
1: because really?
0: Chris Columbus didn't want, oh. thought it was cruel to actually have a girl pose for that. I guess that's nice. Yeah.
3: I guess. Yeah.
0: Although he took a job away from a young woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When uh, Kevin sleds down the stairs and out the front door, toboggans, Mm -hmm. Uh, is there a difference between a sled and a toboggan? Yeah. What's the difference?
2: A toboggan is is wooden and has that big curl at the front and lots of people can sit on it. Uh, A sled can be made of anything. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool, I didn't know
2: that. I'm a purist.
1: Yeah, you are.
0: Carla said, my brother and I thought that looked like so much fun.
1: I remember talking about it.
2: <laughs> that's one of those things that is obviously a, a physics cheat. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a <laughs> bit of the fantasization of, of what that would, because he would have 100% uh, hit the side light next to the front door yeah totally <laughs> yeah yes
1: uh we didn't have a staircase but if we did i'm sure we would have tried it <laughs>
2: oh for sure that uh that is very cartoon uh as you said earlier craig in the sense that um i can remember watching cartoons as a kid and when a flood would come and and wipe away a house and then donald duck or somebody would be in a bathtub with the shower thing uh sticking out of it and then the that was effectively the propeller or whatever like the shower would be running and that was propoli- pr- 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 propelling the bathtub as a boat like i remember as a little kid going like that should work
3: <laughs> that should actually that
2: probably works you know yeah. so the toboggan down the front stairs then out the front door and into the snowbank at the curb mm-hmm. um that's how my little kid i think that's why this movie is so magical to me is because like um that is 100% uh what my little kid brain would have uh, imagined, and it's not super far from what my 48-year-old brain is like, (laughs) that could probably work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you
0: also grew up in cold weather, too. I did. I grew up in Buffalo, yeah. So you saw a lot of snow.
2: Oh, man. When I was a kid in the 70s, like, wow, we had blizzards and stuff. Like, we had blizzards that would snow in your house, and you'd be stuck for days. Like, we would, like, more snow taller than your car. Snow of uh, (laughs) two or above first floor windows of your house. Um I mean, people died and, you know, like they got snowed in in their cars and froze to death and stuff. Like, it was bad. 1977 was a giant blizzard. 1982 was a giant blizzard.
0: Um, Yeah. Like, yeah. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the aftershave moment is pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's Brute 33. Is that what it is?
1: I think it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Early uh, gig for Hope Davis as the French ticket agent.
1: Yeah. Hope Davis. Oh, yeah who's hope
0: davis
2: i mean i know the french ticket agent
1: she no i'm sorry it. she's
0: in a lot of movies that you would never watch okay good ones. <laughs> but a lot of ones that i watch okay you mean good ones. Uh, she's stuff with
1: a... paul giamatti and stuff with <laughs> oh, yeah she was in about schmidt she played jack nicholson's daughter that's right okay she was in that paul giamatti comic book guy movie i'm sure
2: i
0: know her just not by name yeah but she's she the french in... ticket agent in this
1: she was just in something recently
2: oh she's great yeah
0: yeah. Here's a, qu- a Quaggs quote from early on.
1: <laughs> Quaggs quote.
0: I said, Chekhov's tarantula, am I right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you <laughs> saw that. You saw well, that
2: above the fireplace coming back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My version would, uh tarantula escapes from the terrarium, mm-hmm. and then we never see the tarantula again until the end, but they kept reminding us that that tarantula was there mm-hmm. over and over. Uh, it takes a little bit of the fun out of it's the callback. It's a kids' movie. <laughs>
1: it doesn't take out the take the fun out of it. It reminds you that it's there, so you don't forget it. I am going to fight you <laughs> before this is over.
0: And then, as I was asking about the mannequins, Carla said, "Thanks for ruining Home Alone for me." <laughs> <laughs> now, I also got to say the the whole uh, uh, angels with whatever it is, dirty faces. Well, Angels with Dirty Face is the real movie. The uh, fake movie uh, that they made up. Souls. So, Angels with Filthy Souls. Yeah. It would be a lot more impressive if they took an actual movie and took the half of of some characters' dialogue from it and used that. Like, knowing that they wrote a fake movie, it's a lot easier to to write the lines that exactly that you want.
1: Can I tell you that oh, I never goodness. knew that it was a fake movie until you said that it was when we were watching <laughs> it? Well, yeah.
0: Because so- kids are easily fooled.
1: No, as an adult, I never knew it was a fake movie either.
0: Well, I mean, isn't
2: using a, an, an existing property a rights issue? Like, wouldn't they have had to... No, I don't
0: think so.
1: And isn't it just more fun to be able to do the scene you want to do with the lines <laughs> you want to do?
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's more... Maybe it's more fun, but it, uh, it would be more impressive if they took, like, half of... Uh Humphrey Bogart's lines from uh the big sleep or whatever. Yeah, but and who used owns that. the
2: big sleep? That's my question. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, you see it's a wonderful life, uh dubbed in Spanish in the second movie. That's true. So um We're
1: eating chips.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I uh I think you may be overthinking it. Uh <laughs> it's a time it's an opportunity for them to, you know, uh get snakes in there and uh and a Tommy gun and mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you to the count of three.
1: To get your no good
0: ugly rotten keister
1: off my property.
0: You also notice between nineteen ninety 1990 and nineteen ninety two a lot of changes in air travel. Of but, uh, <laughs> the uh, difference in security and getting on oh, on on and off planes.
2: Uh between those two movies or between those movies and no, between
0: those two movies and now Oh forget it. Yeah. yeah. Uh
2: the there's a uh an African American woman, a gate attendant that's like, Oh, I can reopen the door. You made it. You made it. <laughs> yeah. like, you'd be in jail if you even asked for that now, right? Yep. Yeah, you'd be You'd, the FBI would be there.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of – I love seeing that stuff though.
2: It used to be so much different. So
1: much different. And
0: Catherine O'Hara in France just takes somebody else's ticket and uses it like mm-hmm. the old couple, yep. right? Yep. Uh, Carla said they must have so much money.
1: That wasn't in France. I think they were – she was in somewhere else. Oh, they, they're, they're, they're making a, a connection back. in New York Probably or JFK something? AM. Yeah. Something.
2: Um, but yeah, she offers uh, – that, that's one moment that always does stick out to me. Um, because I believe that, uh, Mrs. McAllister would have a real Rolex. Yeah. Uh, so when she says, is that a real Rolex? And she said, do you think it is like, yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of a gag, but like she wears a real Rolex. Right. If she's wearing a watch that says Rolex, it's real. It's real. Yeah. 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 You're right. This is a stupid movie. Craig.
0: <laughs> I also feel like she doesn't do a great job of explaining to the authorities what happened. <laughs> like She doesn't spell it out. Like she keeps saying, I'm in France. My son's home alone. Right. Like, they do say Home Alone a lot mm-hmm. in this movie, but I feel like she doesn't really explain what happens. Oh, so hi, they, ma'am. They kind of brush her off right
2: away. I love away. that
1: scene. I think that scene's hilarious. Who's
2: the, who's the other guy? Yeah, that's a Second City alum, isn't it?
0: Larry Hankin.
2: It's Larry Hankin. I saw him the other day. He lives in Venice. Uh, wow. Um, and there's a great moment. I don't know if you caught it where uh, part of his donut falls onto the mouth, yeah. the mouthpiece of the phone and then onto his paperwork and he i think knew it felt it and just rolled with it yeah. <laughs> and it's very weird it's and very weird. and his pattern of like you know uh nonchalant unconcern of like has the has the child been involved in a this or a this or a this or a <laughs> this okay one moment uh you know crazy online too
3: yeah
0: <laughs> fair amount of second city alums both chicago and toronto uh-huh. uh huh ken ken campbell and uh, mark beltsman Kenny we're campbell
2: stable. plays uh, plays santa claus yep um I think he's Not the me. real Santa. No, but he, but yeah, he does but work for him. for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I love that scene. I scene. appreciate that so much more now as an adult. Cuz like yeah, of course of course he he doesn't think that that's Santa. It's his so beard smart. is down and he's smoking. Yeah, so yeah. so thank you writers for acknowledging that that would be absurd if he thought it was really Santa, but he works for him. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> it's so and funny. his elf took the rest of her candy canes home to her, uh, to, her to her boyfriend. So <laughs> he gives him some like mint Tic Tacs,
0: yeah, <laughs> some green mint Tic Tacs.
1: That's a uh, great was scene. A,
0: does Beltzman
2: play one of the band?
0: One of the polka? Yeah, bands? he's one of the polka band okay. guys. Yeah,
1: great.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, if you would ask me what I remembered from the first movie, I. I would have told you that the whole movie is him fighting off the bandits it's, in yeah. in the in the house, but that really is just that's the big bravura action sequence at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of build up to that, but that's really all I remembered. Yeah, I can see that.
2: I can see that. But there's a lovely, you know, subplot of her having to get back home mm-hmm. and all these things that she's done, where, from city to city to city to where am I, Scranton? Yeah. Um uh, it's lovely. And then the, the scene with the polka. You know, there is, are we here yet? Are we at that uh, John Candy-ish uh, part of the plot? Sure. Someone, Something I read about a year ago said there was this conspiracy theory to suggest that um, John Candy's character is the devil <laughs> because he introduces himself with lyrics, I think, from uh, a Rolling Stones song of like, allow me to introduce myself. Um, sympathy for the devil sympathy for the devil and she right before pleased I, to meet you I hope you guessed my name she says she said I, you know if I have to sell my soul to the mm. devil himself and he goes hi allow me to introduce myself <laughs> um, uh, oh wow yeah. Gus
0: Malinsky yeah that seems like a stretch
1: Craig <laughs> wait are you saying there could be a sequel that they could make now mm-hmm. yes where Catherine O'Hara has lost her soul to the devil yeah but who would play John Candy uh eugene levy eugene levy
2: uh yeah um uh, I, would I love that there are some touching moments you know that still are like it's john candy i would guess that there was some improvisation in that scene in the in the rider truck or the budget rent a truck definitely whatever, definitely
0: improvised that uh that the was probably my thing. favorite scene i love 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 john candy and uh
1: do you like plane trains and automobiles craig
0: Yes, but I've only seen it once. I would like it to seems see it insane. again. I think I've, we're
2: dialing in what's wrong with you.
1: Yeah.
0: You don't have any
2: background in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, that scene where he I feel like he's definitely playing, uh, and it's, it's two Second City juggernauts uh, going at it. Catherine's sitting there in pain, and Candy's going... You know, we left him in a in a funeral home, like stuff that goes on. Like he can like he started talking again after a while. Like he came around. Like I feel like none of that was six on or any seven page. weeks later. Yeah, I don't feel like any. And, and she's like, okay, and he's like, well, you, you know, you asked, you asked. No, I, like, I don't wish feel like I, that was I on wish any I had page it. ever, right?
0: <laughs> I would be
2: surprised. It
1: felt very improvisational to me,
0: but grounded and
1: but human. Grounded, I like. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I like that scene a lot. Uh I, I am on record of, of having just done the. uh We got this episode of Best. TV sketch comedy s- series. I uh, think that John Candy is the best sketch comedy actor mm. of all time. But I think he's somebody who also is always totally grounded. You think of him as kind of like larger than life, but he's always totally believable and, and real and not muggy at all. I haven't I seen
1: any of his movies in a long time. So watching this, but I immediately felt like he was my family. <laughs> mm.
0: I you felt like said, I was watching my uncle. This is what you said. You said it's weird seeing his face. I feel like he's my uncle. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Like he's so pivotal to my childhood how about that like i remember him as much as i remember any of my old- <laughs> <laughs> oh wow
2: uh, yeah
0: frequently through through the movie you were trying to figure out where kath how old Catherine o'hara was in this and whether you were older or younger than her you know through oh. that she was slightly younger in the first one than you are right mm-hmm. now interesting and i think also still slightly younger in the second one yeah so I think she was 36 when she uh, made the first one. She's got five kids, including some teenagers.
1: I think it's four kids.
0: There's five. Yeah, I think five in his family, right? Two. Br- Does he have two brothers and I two he sisters?
1: Has one brother and two sisters. Am I wrong?
0: I think so. I think he
2: names. He's like, do you, uh, and please pray for uh buzz lily uh meg and somebody right i think it's four siblings there's seven
1: stockings up in their house oh okay okay you're probably right then that's a lot of kids for a 38-year-old.
0: Now old- It was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> old Man Marley is played by Robert's Blossom, mm-hmm. uh, who we previously saw in Close Encounters of the Third Kind oh, really? as the, the crazy old man who, who's seen Bigfoot in that movie. Um, but Carla threw out when Robert's Blossom was on screen after we were having the conversation about Catherine O'Hara's age. He's probably your age in this. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, Robert's Blossom, 66 at the time that they shot You're this. You're only 64. Yeah. Right. I am much younger. Um, much younger than that. That
2: scene in the church where uh, Kevin, uh, you know, was in the nativity scene hiding and then is inside that church and a little red-haired girl that is uh, Old Man Marley's uh, estranged granddaughter. Um, my, that was my, si- my sister lived in Wilmette and that was her church. Really? Wow. hmm That was around That's the corner. Cool. I've been in that church.
0: Looks like a very nice church. It,
2: it does. Yeah. Super stained glassy and dark wood and stuff.
0: Carla said, I think Macaulay Culkin invented the kid who talks like an adult trope.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: The, the precocious
0: like this and this? I don't think so.
2: Right. Exactly. Ma'am, like- <laughs> I'm seven years old.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that he invented it, but uh, probably did it better than anybody else and- uh Probably other kids have tried it to diminishing returns since I then. I think I said but... that
1: during the Santa scene, actually, that we were just talking about. Because mm. he feels like such an adult in that scene. Yeah. Like, I know you're not Santa, but I know you work for Santa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's Carla supporting my point. They don't want you to forget about the spider, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, the big action sequence happens. These bandits get the shit beat out of them. Oh, so good. One of them so gets good. shot in the dick, I think. <laughs> with a baby. With a pellet. <laughs> it's still, you know, a projectile.
2: One, uh, I mean, the dick's got clothes yeah. over it. Uh, uh, Marv takes one to the forehead. He sticks his head through the, he sticks his head through the dog door and Kevin goes, hello.
1: <laughs> yeah. The sound effects are so good. Oh, it's the
2: giant.
0: I wish I was recording some of Carla's reactions to, uh, these sequences in both the movies, but Carla said, ow! Oh, it's visceral, the feeling <laughs> watching this. The sound effects are so good, it's like a steak sizzling in a frying pan.
1: It's when he, when he puts his hand on the, on the doorknob. Yeah.
0: Now that is an explicit reference to what movie? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. And then they call it back in the second movie. So just like when the Nazi shows that he's got the medallion burned into his palm in the, the second movie, he's yeah. got the, the door handle. Uh, so Chris Columbus certainly had worked with uh, Spielberg previously. So that was a little nod, mm-hmm. uh, to his buddy. Um, Tarantula does finally come back. Sure. Uh, <laughs> On the stairs to the third floor. <laughs> Right
2: is this really yeah. the the ultimate when uh Kevin puts it on Marv's face, I guess right uh Marv screams and and gets up and then it falls onto uh uh Harry, Harry and then he's got the crowbar he's got the the uh crowbar right yeah and and uh, that's one of the things I love is uh especially going Marv. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and then there's a great SFX of like taking a crowbar swung like a baseball bat to the ribcage. Like
1: when he uh, first gets when uh, when Mar first gets the spider on his face, Daniel Stern gets so high, like in his register. Yeah, I wonder if they did, did that screams. MOS like mm-hmm. just had him
2: act it uh, silently and then did it in post because I wonder if you can. I don't know about spiders hearing. Um, you wouldn't want to like would you scream with a spider on your face and let it bite you right Yeah, I don't know tarantulas are not venomous but uh, they still bite stuff yeah
1: interesting
0: the stunt team must have got a lot of work in both movies for sure must be an incredible stunt team yeah they make that look painful
2: which is the magic of stunt
1: one of my favorite stunts I'm going to skip ahead for a second is when uh, Harry's head is on fire in the second one, and he leans over into the toilet. And it's so clearly not Joe Pesci's body.
0: Yeah. If Joe Pesci can do a handstand hand on a toilet. The toilet. But yeah.
1: just even like how long the guy's legs are, like yeah, how yeah. trim the guy is all of a sudden. <laughs> but I think it's it's it looks so like gym, gymnastics.
2: Right. You know? Yeah. It's probably a gymnast, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> now, do you, uh, do you enjoy the performances of Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci?
3: Very much. This movie? So much. Yeah
2: i I buy them as uh these you know low lifes I feel like uh I feel like the way Daniel Stern chews gum mm-hmm. and then uses it to stick snow globes to the dashboard of the of the van in the first one is is really lovely character work the way that these two wear fingerless gloves like feels authentic yeah i if I put that on it would be fraser
0: crane uh
2: they <laughs> feel like they're you know petty thieves, yeah
0: yeah and just classic comedy: tall guy, short guy. Like mm. they, they just look funny standing together. Abbott like, and Costello, or, or uh, Oliver, uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy. Right. Here's Carla's resolution to the first Home Alone. It's so sweet
1: when she comes in at the end.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, what I love the mis like the, the 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 misdirect on that first. Like he he wakes up and he's like, "It's a new day." Yeah. Uh, maybe it was all a dream. Maybe they're back, and he goes down, and they're not. And he's disappointed and he just has to go do more laundry, I guess. (laughs) And then his mom does come in and he senses it, you know. I think that's another thing that, um, that is a reason that I connect with this too is the mom and son thing. Uh, my mother definitely had some, uh, some psychic powers. Uh, I can remember my freshman year of college being in my dorm room and, um, getting some very bad news about, Uh, A class that I was banking on for my January term, my freshman year and my grades weren't good enough to allow me to take it. And it threw a lot off for my first year of college. And like, it was a pretty low point and my phone in my dorm room rang and my mother was like, what's the matter?
3: Oh,
0: wow.
2: Yeah. There was definitely some of that.
1: Um, I love the moment of her instead of just like rushing up to him and grabbing him she like stops and looks and checks in with him and she has this look on her face like, are you okay? Are we okay? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That happens in two too. And then she at apologizes. The yeah.
1: I know. It's very sweet. It's just a really nice moment to play out without like jumping to like, oh my God, you know, and making right. it feel so rushed and chaotic. Kevin. Yeah. What did you do to my room?
0: <laughs> yeah. Now she's obviously a first rate, comedic actress uh but is kind of known for broader characters so it's it's very interesting in seeing her playing something totally straight probably very close to herself uh and i think that's why she's so effective and moving in this of like she seems just very grounded and real yeah in it
1: I didn't know when I was a kid. I loved her in Beetlejuice, and Mm -hmm. I loved her in these movies. And I don't think that I knew that that was the same actress for a long time Mm -hmm. until I was older.
0: She's not affected at all.
1: What do you mean affected? Affected? Yeah, doesn't seem
0: put on. You mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems. I mean, like Shit's Creek. She's funny, but she's affected
1: okay I mean that's <laughs> another argument for another time wow.
2: I should leave
1: <laughs>
0: now it feels like we've been talking a lot leave. about home alone and not much about home alone too
1: sure
2: I wasn't sure if we could uh, skip ahead
0: oh
1: I skipped ahead a couple times okay well, um,
2: home alone Two is a masterpiece um it's romantic. Obviously, the, the premise is uh, switched a little bit. This is the one wherein they're all, they all do get to O'Hare together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin gets waylaid trying to put batteries into his uh, recorder, which they established nicely and with the shower the with, uh, yeah. with Uncle Frank, um, uh, singing, what song is it that he's singing? Cool jerk. Cool jerk. Um and he they do a nice little bit of foreshadowing with him recording off the the scene like uh celebrity guest whatever celebrity ding dang dong. Uh yeah. stay at the Plaza Hotel. Um so that's his only calling card business card that he knows when he gets lost. But they're in the airport and um he follows a man in a camel coat, right, mm-hmm. that uh, he thinks is, is John Hurd that's not. And he gets on the wrong plane, which, again, where was the TSA then? Uh, <laughs> and then he flies to New York City, and his family flies to Florida, which is in the middle of a typhoon, right?
1: Yeah. The thing that I love about, again, like, it's just really smart in that it makes it – they do their best to make the crazy premise as believable as possible. So when he <laughs> is following the guy who's not his dad – the guy runs in and, and that plane's also about to take off. And then Kevin slams into the, the stewardess and all of the tickets go everywhere. And she, and he's like, I really need to get on this plane. And then he acknowledges last year, I messed up Christmas. I can't mess it up again yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and she's like, well, you have a boarding pass. And he's like, yeah, they could have just let him get on the plane and that's the movie. But then the other guy comes out. And was like, make sure that walk him in and make sure that he sees his family before you leave him alone. Oh yeah. And so then he goes in and he sees the guy again from behind and he thinks it's his dad.
2: Right. And that sort of follows the trope from the previous movie too, uh, which is a bit of a cheat story wise, but it's like the adults are in first class, uh for the kids, just find an open seat wherever you yes. can. Which <laughs> that's is, <laughs> I unbelievable. I don't think that's ever how an airline is works. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: You
2: always had it in a side seat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but there, you know, it's Did
1: you? I don't remember.
0: Well, oh, not in Southwest, but uh, any or other or airline. An airline. Like an actual airline. Yes. A real airline. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the that is a cheat that they couldn't just go, oh, here are all my children. Who's meant to be in this empty seat? <laughs> <Right. You know?
0: laughs> I do love the misdirect of Kevin popping up in the shuttle uh, when they think they're replaying the moment of like, we've got all the kids, uh, and then they cut to him in the front seat.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I thought that that was a fun. Yeah,
2: you thought it was going to be another fun uh, misdirect. Mitch, Mitch Murphy
0: moment of <laughs> bring me back something French. I did say early on uh oh they're they're playing all the hits right away. <laughs> uh gag wise or sound song In by terms by? of like all the callbacks to the uh, oh, yeah. the previous movie of like okay, this is, gonna, this is going to this is going to follow the same templates mm-hmm. to diminishing returns.
2: Oh, come on, man. Uh, Not true. <laughs> no, it lays such a perfect groundwork. It's like you, here's where we are.
0: Let's get this out of the way. Yeah. And now here's new stuff. You said you might have seen the second one more.
1: I think when I was a kid, I saw the second one more. And I think it's because of New York, because I just love movies. And I've always loved movies that take place in New York. And so...
0: New York at the holidays is magical. It's romance, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think that's probably why I had seen that one more.
0: It's interesting that you said the one that, uh, Aaron and Wade wrote, you know, it also had a credit to John Hughes of Based on Characters by. This movie also had a credit based on characters created by John Hughes and also written by John Hughes. It seems weird that you would need, but that probably is like a writer's guild thing. And it's probably, where money. You, and probably extra money. Mm-hmm. Even though he wrote the screenplay for this one, he also got a Based on Characters by.
2: Right. Like there's a, a sub, sub credit of Story by. Um, screenplay by, teleplay by.
0: Yeah, that, yeah I think based on like, a story by...
2: The answer to most questions is money, and I'm sure that that <laughs> has to do with
0: money.
1: People often think this is a John Hughes-directed film, though.
0: Chris Columbus did both.
1: Mm-hmm. I know, but people... Yeah, that's I think true. even Chris Columbus, I read something where he said that... <laughs> Chris
0: Columbus have... forgot he directed it. Well, no, <laughs> no,
1: he... I guess, okay, so this is a story, I'm probably ruining it slightly, or forgetting it slightly, but that he was walking around close to the set in a couple teenagers stopped him and were like what's what are they shooting and he was like home alone 2. and they were like oh cool what do you do and he was like i'm the director and they're like oh you're john hughes yeah like people think that he's wow yeah
2: is christopher columbus still around yes Is he still working
0: he directed a couple of the harry potter movies Mm.
1: yeah the early ones the not great the not great ones (laughs) he did mrs doubtfire too didn't he
0: he did oh wow so he he did okay. That me. was another humongous yeah. hit. He'll be fine. Yeah. Here's Carlo reviewing some of the McAllister family early on in the sequel. Buzz got handsome, mm-hmm. and on John Hurd, he got a little fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beating down the guy who's already dead. Sorry. <laughs> the clock re- power goes out. Clock resets. Oh come on, we've been through this before. Remember, guys. <laughs> And then there's that line about seeing Uncle Frank naked in the shower, and Carla said, Whoa, that doesn't hold up. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't age well.
0: So that recording device. Which is just,
1: just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, the uncle character doesn't age well. I will say that that's the one thing. That he's
0: abusive and.
1: Like the way that he says little jerk.
0: Sure. Or calls. Look what you did, you
2: little little jerk. jerk.
1: Whoa, that was really good, (laughs) (laughs) Mark. That
0: that
2: would be you now. Are you kidding (laughs) me? That's me all day. Yeah, now available uh, as uncle frank's
3: for your viewing pleasure but then he calls Mark him a Evan
1: pervert Jack. you little pervert and this yeah. one is like oh uncle frank come on but yeah. it
0: feels like he he's that character in an 80s movie
1: sure you know yeah. it's it's yeah
0: he's it's on villain. point for the tone of the time i think mm-hmm. yeah i buy that that must have been fun uh for all those kids in the choir to do that scene where they all fall down oh, uh that's right where With the dominoes <laughs> domino effect that. of all the yeah, kids um, falling
2: it's a gag where Buzz is behind him and Buzz borrows a candle from another person and starts drumming on Kevin's head during Kevin's solo, right? <laughs> so funny. And then Kevin turns around and punches him and the whole thing dominoes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then the piano lady has a, a a tree flat falls on her, right? And then she falls off her she chair. She does a backflip. Yeah. yeah. And Carla said, oh, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> I is that it. where Catherine O'Hara stands up and goes, Kevin? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Carla said, poor Catherine O'Hara. I mean Kevin's mom.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, well, I used to have the same management company as Catherine O'Hara. Oh. And this time of year, maybe six or seven years ago, uh, I was pulling up outside of Brillstein Entertainment to drop off my Christmas gifts for my manager and his assistant and uh
1: are you gonna tell a Catherine o'hara story Catherine o'hara
2: got out of a uh, range rover and was doing the very same thing wow and she's i've never met her she's but she was royalty to me like yeah. that was very cool and it was also like i need and appreciate all little boosts in hollywood uh, like any acknowledgement of progress or whatever and it was like i have the same management company as Catherine. yeah O'Hara. <laughs> yeah
1: that's awesome and
2: we're equally thoughtful Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure her gifts were way better. <laughs>
1: oh, I love her so much. Um, she's gonna be at the Sketch Fest when we're there. This oh, cool. Time. Yeah, well, Ca- we, should we gotta reach make out. this happen. Gotta make this happen.
0: All right. Yeah. We'll hope, hopefully, run into her at a Sketch Fest party.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. One more story that I read. Um, this one's a Catherine O'Hara story, or maybe I heard it on an interview or something. But she said that after the second one came out, she got stopped at a mall by a kid who was like, "You left your son home alone." again (laughs) (laughs) and that like kids would were giving her such a hard time for doing it twice (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) to the point where she just was like it's a movie
0: (laughs) well that's what i'm saying for like the generation that grew up in this like the the emotional impact of this like must have hit them in a way that it never could (laughs) me you know for sure
2: we should um we should uh, do another entire podcast devoted solely to the painful uh, traps and gags set by Kevin McAllister in these first two movies, because I could talk about oh, those God. forever, as I recently did on it.
0: Well, you did it on We Got This, uh, we Got this. and you, you know them all. I know a lot. And what, what did you land on as the best one, though?
2: I think because of its inherent cruelty and <laughs> premeditation... Uh, the best, uh, best trap laid by Kevin McAllister for the wet bandits in, uh, number one was that, uh, he laid a glue trap of, of roofing tar on the basement floor at the foot of the stairs and the first few stairs, figuring that, uh, that I want to get the shoes off this guy, then the <laughs> socks off this guy. And then on about step five, there's an upturned 16 penny nail through a roofing shingle. Uh, that Marv puts his foot full on and you hear it go. And then it's another great Daniel Stern scream mm-hmm. where he just grabs his foot into what, you know, what now looks like a yoga position and falls straight backwards to the bathroom floor, just screaming, just like as loud as he possibly could. Maybe this one they did live, uh, without the, without the tarantula <laughs> present. Um, but like the mind of a kid to go, okay, so end game, nail through a dude's foot. <laughs> He's probably wearing shoes. <laughs> Gotta get the shoes off. Socks, I don't know. Let's get the socks off. It's dark.
1: It is so and dark. And
2: I love it.
1: It's so good.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say for the sequel, you know, they've got to top themselves, right? And so it's going more and more cartoonish, and it's definitely straining credibility of how much abuse what, he can Craig, he can heap on. These are you guys. referring
2: to when Daniel Stern turns into a full on skeleton
0: <laughs> uh, by gripping yes. the hot and
2: cold water of a station? The
0: electrocution tub? It, like goes really far. It does. I think even Carla knew that it goes too far. That's a little larding movie.
2: of the pig, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And once it had been going on for a while, it was less fun for you too.
1: Um. Yeah, I think that this is my another small criticism of the second one that I didn't feel when I was a kid, but it does get to a point where I'm like feeling pain watching them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it is kind of relentless.
2: And the second one, the second one is the one where he's on the top floor of the brownstone and puts a big craftsman toolbox yeah. at the top of the stairs. They pull a doorknob and it goes, yeah. And then that's full cartoon because they're all obviously on the same dolly as that thing right. comes through the door and they pan right, right, like yeah. against and get smushed. And yeah. then I think they even have like cartoon noses, like smushed yes. noses, they yeah. which is an appliance that probably took weeks to make for a two second shot. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. There would have been fittings and tests, camera tests for these smushed nose appliances, which disappear in the very next scene, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not a lasting damage. That is a that's a wily
0: e. coyote aspect
3: of
1: it is yeah of yeah. the second one in the, in a way that I didn't feel in the first one
0: yeah I don't care I love it
1: I still love it I still love it Shall we you talk, did but, say
0: it's too much this one's too painful I don't remember it being so painful
1: yeah I did feel start to feel achy watching it I Ooh. said
0: they should be dead and you said they really should
2: who plays the kindly old owner of the magical toy
0: store Eddie Bracken oh, he's is he so from great. Uh, uh, Wizard of Oz Eddie Bracken <laughs> he's not from the Wizard of Oz but he was in a couple of the great Preston Sturges comedies. Okay. Okay. Miracle of Morgan's Creek and Hail the Conquering Hero. He's wonderful in those movies. But people who are fans of eighties comedy might remember him as the owner of Wally World in Vacation.
2: Oh, that makes sense, of course. The Moose Out Front should have told you. So you have seen that. <laughs> I have seen that. Um yeah.
0: uh, I was fourteen when that came out. Oh boy. That's an appropriate age.
2: Uh the he's wonderful and touching in this scene. Uh, in uh, the sequence of scenes and you know it's a lovely plot device too I think of him uh, gifting uh, Kevin you know has a big chunk of cash from his dad right mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, from his dad's bag or whatever it was and uh, and he puts money in the jar for the orphans or something right and uh, Eddie Brackett's character the owner of the toy store um, starts with a D I can't think of what it was um but uh gives him those two turtle doves the sort yeah. of ornament the the click together magnetic ornaments which is a really sweet thing that he, he then shares with that that lovely mysterious uh angel of a character <laughs> of the home you know the sort of bag lady
1: so that character was based on do you know
0: it's got to be the bird lady from Mary Poppins because yeah, totally. she's dressed exactly no yep. homeless lady in 1992 New York would be wearing this yeah, it was vic- victorian to yeah. mary
1: poppins Can't you just say that? Do you have to like be a dick and say all the other words after
0: that?
2: (laughs) She was perfect. Look, I think I think it's you know you guys work in theater. It's a trope of any performance space that in the eaves lives an Irish, uh, (laughs) (laughs) sooty faced chimney sweep woman, uh, covered in
3: birds. Yeah,
0: yeah, you can't
2: get around. In the novelization of this one, (laughs) she plays all those instruments
0: and she's a radio (laughs) (laughs) singer. The talk boy was invented for this movie, by the way. It was a tie in that uh, it wasn't an existing toy. They made it for the movie, but then released the toy
1: as yeah. soon as the movie came out. Did they really? They did, yeah. yeah.
2: Obviously talk boy is a one away from walk man, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
1: And then they, they came must have with a talk of that. girl that was pink and purple, I think. Is that true? Yep.
0: And it still changed, changed the pitch of your voice.
1: It was the same thing, but for girls.
0: <laughs> Cause it was pink.
1: Because it was, and I think it was called a talk girl.
2: Oh, uh, this also resonated with me because um, when I was a little kid, um, my father sold insurance, uh, life insurance. When I was a kid, and when I was not a kid, and um, <laughs> uh, we never took here. we never took vacations. Really, they were also always my father's conventions, um, and uh, sometimes my cousin Ian would come with us. He was a similar age, and um, and so he and I would go. And if my parents, like we were staying in a, you know, fancy Hilton or Hyatt, pardon me, Hilton or Hyatt or whatever, they, um, my parents would go downstairs to like the convention dinner, or like the, the gala or whatever. And we could watch, we could order a movie in our hotel room and they would send up, uh, Hotford Sundays. So mm-hmm. that wow. Kevin's, uh, room yeah. service thing, I think also just is top dead center on my sweet spot of, of, uh, you know, what it means to be a kid.
1: Do you guys hear those sleigh bells outside? <laughs> Is it outside? It's Santa, I think. Oh boy.
0: He's late because that was, should have been last night. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the second movie, Carla said, It's so sweet. <laughs> uh, Carla, you want to give these movies letter grades?
1: Um, I'm going to give Home Alone 1 an A. Okay. And Home Alone 2 and A-. minus. Okay.
2: Mark? That's exactly what I was thinking. A and A-. minus. Great. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm similar. I like the first one better. Um, I think the second one, two hours is too long for this kind of movie. Okay. Are they both two hours? No, no. The first one's more like an hour 40, which it seems – I I didn't think the first one dragged at all. I felt like the pacing of it was – Well, they
1: added the Tim Curry stuff in the second one, which is off – an, an extra character, an extra storyline. He was
0: great. And the way. Brenda Fricker great, stuff seems added, you know, like the now there's two old people that he's kind of dealing with, you know.
1: Well, no, that's that's in line with the old guy from the first one.
0: But, but the toy store owner is also the same kind of thing, uh, right? You know, so you've got so. like two old people. The um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't know what I would have cut. I just know two hours is too long, and I think the the Rob s- Schneider probably. the slap. Yep. I would definitely Schneider cut Rob sure. Schneider. Oh, Rob basically. Schneider doesn't make anything better. Uh, <laughs> and the slapsticky stuff goes <laughs> too far for me. So it's a B minus. I think okay. it's Home Alone two. So you're
1: giving A to the first one.
0: I'm gonna give it a, plus, a B plus. I'm gonna give it a B plus,
1: plus, plus. Plus, plus. A plus B minus. Wow,
0: good to know. Great. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I hear A plus. Uh. You want to do a quick improv scene? Yeah, sure. What are we going to do? It's years later. Kevin's an adult. He runs into Marv and Harry one more time. Great.
1: Uh, excuse me, sir. I need to get to my <gasps> ah! scene. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mark, thank you so much for joining us.
3: <laughs> I, this is the first installment of many because I have a lot more to say about these films. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry I have to dash.
0: Well, I think that will be a holiday tradition of every year. We'll invite you back. Maybe we we will get into those other sequels too. Well, we should. We should if, have Aaron I mean, Goodsberg on. Yeah.
2: Uh, then that means that them. 2019 and 2020 will be terrible years for us, <laughs> but it could be fun to, uh, to not enjoy them.
1: We could also watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, next year. that's
2: Christmas Eve. That's Thanksgiving Eve.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I would like to see that again. I remember oh, so li- I remember liking it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so listen to the Good Place the podcast. Please. Watch The Good Place the show. Right. Anything else you'd like people to know?
2: Uh yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine returns January tenth, uh now on NBC.
1: Amazing.
2: Um yeah, pretty great. And
0: uh yeah, there are other things Detroit find. Creativity Project.
2: Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, six years ago, my wife and I founded a 501c3 nonprofit corporation in the city of Detroit to, uh, to offer improv instruction free of charge to Detroit middle and high school students. Uh, we started small and we've grown to the point that, uh, in 2018, we've taught about a thousand students to improvise. It's a life, uh, improving confidence building Uh, Super fun activity that uh, improves language skill and attendance and test scores. We've just reached the end of a three-year study with the University of Michigan showing market reduction uh, across a 10-week program in the students' social anxiety, social phobia, and uh, even depression. So it's pretty great. Uh, Check it out and help us do
0: our work. It's uh, dcpimprov.org. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Mark, as always, for joining us. Thanks Great so much, guy, you guys. Mark. Craig's listeners, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Carla, thank you for introducing me to two of your favorites, <laughs> <laughs> at least one of which uh, may become a favorite of mine. Aww, and right. uh, Craig's listeners, we will resume the list next week, uh, or actually two weeks, uh, in 2019, Singing in the Rain with Paul Saborin. We'll see you then. Keep the change of filthy animals.
3: The list is an absolute good. The list is alive.